Hello everyone and welcome to the Watermark Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Now let's dive in. Everybody stand up this morning. Who plays chess? Raise your hand in this room. Who thinks they're good? Raise your hand. It's like, it's like golf. Like you can play and think you're good until you play with somebody better then you realize how terrible you really are. It's amazing. We're starting to, we did a series called Move. And I'm going to end it on Easter and talk about how God's... But Ben preached about it last week. I preached about it the week before. I want us all to realize that God is moving in your life even when you don't see it. Not only that, God is not just moving in you, but he's moving in all of us, that he is at work in our lives and culture and things, that he is in charge even when we don't realize it. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's literally saying, I want you to have the mentality that you are the victors, that you live in victory, that you're not defeated, that you are overcomers. I think so many times that we have the mentality, mentality opposite. It's today I'm talking about sometimes, listen, the scripture talks about we fight an unseen battle of, of demonic warfare, of, of spiritual battle. But can I also say this? We fight inside also. We have an internal battle. We have a heart-mind issue that we are constantly fighting. There is a war being war waged against what you think. Your brain and how you process an internal fight. I've realized that most of my battles are won, listen, by almost remembering and thinking it through and then praying and surrendering it to the Lord. I won't ever forget, I was at a conference one time, and one of the guest speakers was this pastor from Colorado, one of the nicest guys you ever meet. And here's his philosophy, super nice guy. He goes, somebody asked me, he goes, how do you keep your, your, your personality so uplifting all the time? How do, you just, how do you just walk in a room always just happy? And here's his response. He goes, I just assume that everybody loves me. <laughs> And he goes, I know it's not true. I'm a pastor. I know everybody likes me. But it's a lot easier for me to walk in confidence going in a room knowing that everybody likes me or thinking that a few here may not like me. He goes, I'd just rather walk in going, I think for us, we need to think about this. Is like we carry not a victim mentality or a defeated mentality, but a victor mentality. Our mindset needs to be of scripture and of hope. So today I'm hoping for us to grow in our mind and our heart. Because the greatest distance is between here and here. Lord, I pray for us today. I pray that speak to our hearts and reveal in our minds the things that need to be revealed. Lord, I just help us to surrender today. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you sit down, turn to someone and says, think better, and then grab a seat. Husbands and wives, wives are saying it louder to their husbands. I can hear that. So 
Margaret Thatcher, a former prime minister of the United Kingdom, says it this way. She says, watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. And watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. What we think, we become. The way you think determines the way you feel, and the way you feel determines the way you act. If you want to change the way you act, start changing the way you think. Craig Rochelle, famous pastor, says it this way. If you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. Isn't that crazy? If you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If I don't like the way my life is going, the first place I need to look is, am I surrendering? Is he Lord? And what am I thinking about? The greatest challenge is not what's ahead of you. Hear me out. It's what's inside of you. I think we all have this battle that we need to face in ourselves saying, am I not good enough? Do I not have what it takes? This negative self-talk. My life is moving. I love the Krieger Shell says this too. My life is moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. People who are negative in their conversations are typically negative in their mental thoughts about themselves. People who, you know what I'm saying, are bent towards that way. Now, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to talk a lot about mind and thinking today. I'm not going to talk about mental disorders and depression, anxiety, all that. I don't, I'm not an expert at any of this. But I do believe, spiritually, it's important of what we think about and what we put in our heads. We need to win the battle in our mind. And the reason we have so many ineffective Christians today is that we do not know how to fight the battle in our mind. I heard it said many times, right believing produces right living. Your mind, this is not everything. This is just what I think we need to work through. Number one is this. We need to let God stretch our thinking. We need to let God do creative things in our minds. Uh, not to live in Worst case scenarios. Anybody have that book? Um, maybe on your toilet at home. Maybe you have it in your worst case scenario books. Have you guys ever read that book before? Did you know that in that book, it says that when you're being attacked by a bear, if a bear is attacking you, it says, I think you're supposed to um, never run uphill, always run downhill because his feet are shorter, so he'll just tumble the whole way down. That's a, that's a good thought. But the other thought, I think this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, says, if the bear is over you, you grab onto its belly and you hold on because his claws can't reach you. Yeah, that's a great idea until he falls asleep and take a nap. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. But listen, some, so many of us live in this, and listen, we just got through with this year of COVID. Not through with it, we're still in it, Sorry. We got this political thing, 
And some people, this is just me, my soapbox for one minute, literally when they hear something, jump on and, and think about the worst possible case scenario automatically. Like your mind instantly goes there. Well, if this happens, this is, if this happens, if this happens, or if this happens, even when your kids leave the house, you're like, if this happens, what about this happens? And, and I know, listen, I know it's a battle, and I know it's a fight, and I know even it creeps in my own head, but can I tell you this? I think God wants to live in the possibilities of what he can do. I think when we live in worst-case scenario, we forget how big our God truly is. We're like, I think what it does is just pushes us back and it pushes the Lord out of our head. Because we think if we can't control it, neither can he. And then there's a trust issue that begins to happen. So I'm just going to tell you as a church, here's what we need to do. Imagine great thoughts in your head again. Can I just tell you this? I don't care how old you are, how young you are, we need to dream again. You need to dream dreams for your families. It says in the end times that the young will prophesy and the old will dream dreams again. Listen, we need people who have this not worst case, but saying, God, what do you have for my family? God, what do you have for this community? God, what do you have for the country? God, what do you have for the nations? What are you going to do? And so I think we need to switch saying, what do you have? This thinking is all about thinking. We need to think about the promises of God and the possibilities that God can do. We need to start changing our mind. And when that idea of worst case comes in our head, the first thing that you need to do is surrender it to the Lord. God, I know I'm not in charge. I'm going to give this to you. I know it's easy for me to say this right now because I don't have a teenager that drives. <laughs> but as parents, think about that. You just have to surrender. Number two is this, is my challenge for you is that we need to keep learning. Um, if you want to win the battle in your mind, you got to keep learning. I'm reading a book right now. It's, uh, I, I told Jane, it's one of my favorite books I've read in the last few years. It's, it's a study about the brain and just the brain chemistry, how it works. And one of the things that said right now is, did you know right now, even as you listen to me share, whether it's online or in person or on your, you know what I'm saying, taking notes, whatever you're doing, right now there's 86 billion neurons firing to complete the thinking pattern that you have right now. 86 billion. They also call those brain cells that are firing to process the information from what I'm sharing, or maybe you're thinking about what are we going to have for lunch, or you're thinking about does he know his zipper is down, or all these thoughts. I mean, you all look. Isn't that funny? <laughs> maybe... You're processing, and so at that same time, now think about this. Your brain is always changing. There used to be a thought many years ago that said, when you reach a certain age, your brain stops growing. Maybe you heard that before. 
they've actually done studies now to prove that your brain doesn't stop growing, that your brain is continually molding and refiring new neurons within your system. That means every time you go into a new setting or a surrounding or conversation, there is new things being created. Now hear me out. They call this neuroplasticity because what they say is it's, it's a brain is constantly, every time you learn something new, you are creating a new pathway within your brain. Think about that. Now, when you have a habit, that means there's that pathway already in there. Maybe you have a thinking pattern. Maybe it's this worst case scenario, whatever it is. But when you learn something new or you change a habit, you are literally rebooting and rewiring your system in your brain. Don't you think this is crazy why Jesus said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? It says the reset, the brain physically changes. They actually did a study, in this book I've read this, they did a study of taxi drivers in New York City. And they found out after the study, they studied the brains of taxi drivers in New York City and the brains of normal other people who are not taxi drivers. And they found that the taxi drivers have more gray matter of memory in certain areas of their brain because they have to, they've memorized all these streets and locations in that city. They created areas that some of us don't, aren't even using. The reason I say all this is that it's important for us to keep on learning to create new pathways because, listen, you're not finished yet. You're not, God's not done with you yet. God still has things for you to do. You are a work in progress. And some of you, hear me out. I think some of us need to hear this. You don't know it all. <laughs> Let that resonate for one second. Some of you need to tell yourself that. Well, I read articles. That's cool. You know, I went to school. That's awesome. You don't know it all. You know what helps us to learn the most? is realizing that we want to learn and we don't know it all. You don't have to have all the answers and opinions. You don't know it all. Number three is this. Don't believe everything you think. Test every thought that comes in your head. I don't think we do this enough as Christians. Test every thought. Psalm says this, Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see that there is any grievance way in me. And lead me in a way of everlasting. Ask God to test your thoughts and your heart. God, search my heart. Search what's up here. And don't believe everything you think. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. 1 Corinthians 
10, 3 through 6 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, love this, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. To take captive means to trap, to disarm, to seize, to control, to secure, to conquer. That to, you know I'm saying, to disarm is awesome. That means we are to captive. That means that to make my thoughts obedient to Christ. Make my thoughts obedient to Christ. What Paul is saying is that we turn our thoughts to obedience to Christ, not just our own obedience. Not that we just have control, but we surrender our thoughts, saying, listen, we need to surrender our, our thoughts. We need to surrender the lies that come in because I'm telling you, the enemy is putting lies in your head. There's people over the years who've spoken death and lies and deceit over you. There's people who, look, there's things that you read that are not true. And God says, listen, you need to surrender the thoughts that are not of Christ and make them obedient to Christ. We can talk about working out all day long. I work out, I go to the gym, I, that's awesome. But is your mind obedient and surrendered to the Lord. This is a tough, this is tough bananas. Because we let our mind wander. We let our mind just kind of go. But we need to stop the cycle. Taking every thought captive. Now look at every, the phrase of the passage, take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take it captive in our lives. The Greek word for captive is the same thing that can conquer, to control, to submit. We take captive. We have to submit our thoughts to the Lord. This is a decision you need to make every day. I'm not going to believe every word that comes in my mind. I'm not going to believe every thought that comes into my head. You know where pornography addiction starts? In your thoughts. All addiction starts up here. You know where your anger comes in? is thinking up here. That was so many marriages this past year. You know what a lot of the problems is? People are fighting up here, but they don't know how to express it here. They're having internal battles in their own head. They're believing things that are not true. They're creating relationships that are not there. They're believing lies that are, don't exist. Philippians 4, 8 says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Unhonorable and right and pure 
and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When I look at the Garden of Eden, I look at Adam and Eve, and God gave them two choices. Tree of life or tree of death. You can choose this. I think about ourselves, and Adam and Eve had a choice of what to eat from, and I think we all have a choice with every thought we have. Are we going to believe this as truth, or is this speaking death over my life? The battle of sin starts up here. The enemy puts thoughts in your head, and it starts up here. Joseph was thrown in a pit. You know, many of you know the story about his brothers, and then he ended up going into the prison. But years later, he became one of the chief priests in the palace. But can I tell you this? He may have had a pit reality, but he decided not to have a pit mentality. Even though he was thrown in a pit, and the reality was that he was stuck in this pit, he wasn't going to let that pit live inside of him. Just like the Israelites who couldn't move on to the promised land, not even though they were no longer slaves, they couldn't get the slave mentality out of their heads. So many people surrender their lives, they say to the Lord, but they have this mentality of still being slaves to the thinking pattern of before. And I want to say to us this morning is, if you want to be more Christ-like, think more Christ-like. Have the mind of Christ. This is super easy to think about and say, but it's really hard to live. As I'm looking, Jane and I will tell you this. One of the things that helped us through, not just Sully, but situations of the past, is not that we just sat there together and became an island and just said, hey, as we work through addictions or we work through hurt and pain, as you work through this kind of stuff, it's not that you sit there by the island saying, I'm going to fix my mentality. I'm going to fix this by myself. Here's what you do. You express it. You share it. You bring people around with you. You, you build a community. And not just that, the mind of Christ is a mind that serves. Can I just tell you, some people are still stuck in their same rut because they're not leaving their rut. They stay in the same part of their rut and they say, I'm working through this, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this. And it's so much about them and their problems and what they're going through and their pain, their bondage, they can't even think about anybody else. These are the same people. They're not asking you, hey, how's your day today? I'm thinking about you, I'm praying about you. Because their mind is so wrapped up with their own problems. But can I tell you this? The greatest way to get through it is one, build a community, surrender to the Lord, and start serving other people and loving other people. Because it makes your world bigger. You, you don't just start seeing your problems, you start praying and talking through other people in their situations. I think sometimes we just get in this rut. That's why this year I said, when we first started the year, everybody in our church is gonna serve. Everybody needs to serve because it's healing. It helps other people heal. Helps you heal. It puts you in community. Everyone needs to serve. Last one is this. Number four, guard your mind from garbage. Take the trash out. 
Ephesians 6, 7, 6, 17, the verses talk about um, put on the armor of the Lord. And it talks about the breastplate and it talks about the sword. And we talked about the sword a few weeks ago. But one of the things it talks about is take the helmet of salvation. It says the helmet of salvation protects your mind. Think about that. When you play a sport, when you go for a bike ride, when you do anything, you usually put a helmet on. Drive a NASCAR. You know what I'm saying? Put a helmet on. You don't want to get, you put a helmet on when you play football because guess what? You want to protect your head. You don't want, you don't, you don't want some brain damage. You don't want something to happen. When you drive a motorcycle, wear a helmet. And so you want to protect it because listen, no matter what, if you don't protect your brain spiritually, if you don't protect what's going in, you can get spiritual concussions. All the enemy wants to do is work and plant seeds in your brain. And can I tell you right now, we're getting to the season of spring. We're going to go in the garden, and you're going to plant flowers. You're going to do stuff. But one of the first things you do is take out the weeds. You start looking. There's some weeds over here. Because, listen, in our brains, if you don't take care of it, the weeds in your brain will take root and take over the way you think. And some of us are stuck in this pattern. And God is saying, it's time to get rid of the weeds. I cannot afford to have a thought in my head that's not God's thought, what he's saying. So we need to learn to protect the house, your spiritual house, where the Holy Spirit resides. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. It's fun because my kids all have jobs, and one of my son's jobs is to take out the trash. I remember a few years ago, I shared this illustration, and I had signs that says, truth or trash? I believe every single minute, every single day, you're going to have a thought in your head that comes in, and here's a question you need to ask yourself. Is this what God says? Is this truth? Or is this trash? A lot of friendships and a lot of marriages, a lot of relationships are broken because of assumptions and assuming because we never ask the hard questions of saying, is that truth what you're thinking or is that trash? I believe people are living in bondage because of the weeds of taking root. And you don't even know what truth anymore or trash is. Some of you have turned into actions because you've trusted this trash. Listen, some of you in this room think people like me because I'm funny. People only like me because I'm smart. People only like me because I have money. People only like me because I'm pretty. People only like me because I'm a pastor. People only like me because I buy things. People only like me because of this. God only likes me because of what I give him. God only likes me because he has to. God doesn't even like me. And you start thinking, is he real? 
Is this legit? Can I trust him? We start believing the trash. And can I just tell you, a lot of people in your brains are just kind of carrying trash. Like that guy from Sesame Street carrying Oscar around all the time. Just carrying his trash. It's mental. Some of you, listen, you tell me all day long, oh, I just don't like drama. And the people who say that are usually the people who create the drama. How many decisions do you make based upon is truth or just a feeling? Listen, I believe the Holy Spirit can work through our feelings, but I want to say this. It's time for Christians to rise up. It's not really trash. It's, you know what I'm saying? And just say, it's time to empty this. You may be saying, how you do this? And I will say this. The greatest way is, I can worship team come up here. I can tell you this right now. What does God say about you? What does God say is truth? This is why reading scripture is so important. I mean, if you need help with it, I'll, I'll, I'll send some stuff your way. But the greatest challenge we have is not, like I said before, what's ahead of us. It's what's inside of us. Can I just say this? Here's what truth is. Truth is, you are who God says you are. You may be thinking, well, I'm no good. I'm not enough. Parents didn't want me. Parents don't want to hang out with me. I have no friends. Can I just tell you this? Here's what God says about you. You are a son and a daughter of the king. He also says this. He says, before you were born, I knew you by name. Even before your parents knew you by name. They say, well, you're an accident. You were not an accident because I knew your dreams. I knew your desires. I knew your thoughts. I knew you before you were even born. I knew you before you knew me. And I got to say in this, love, I can tell you all about love. I died for you before you even had a choice. My love doesn't depend upon what you think. My love is eternal for you. I'm not pushed away by your thinking. I'm not surprised by it. I love you in spite of it. Well, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this battle. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. You know what God says about you? Because of Jesus Christ, that you are more than a conqueror. That you are victorious. You know what this is? It says, be still. Well, what's going to happen in our country? What's going to happen politically? What's going to happen with COVID? What's going to happen with this? You know what I rest upon? Be still and know that he is God. You know what that means? You're not. He's God. All that worry, all that thing. Maybe the point of God is saying, putting things in your heart, maybe it's not to cause more worry. Maybe it's to cause more prayer in your life. What if we spend as much time praying as we did worrying? Hello? I think revival would probably happen. But stand up this morning. We need to dive in the word. What does God say? What does God say about you?
seriously call it move because I believe this is a mental battle. The helmet of salvation to protect the head, protect the brain. Listen, to think of the things that are honorable, that are praiseworthy. God, I want to think of things. God, I want to, I want to pray for people. God, bring to people my mind who I need to pray for. God, bring things in my head that I need to reach, people I need to reach out to. God, make me aware of my surroundings. God, give me not just your heart, but give me your mind. Lord, help me to see what you want me to see. Help me to learn and grow. Help me to realize I'm not in charge. Help me to realize that it's not always, my opinions are not always right. Help me to realize that, listen, it's not just about me. It's about you and others. Time to start pulling the weeds. Buddy, bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here this morning, I believe the most important thing that's going to happen today is that you know who the Savior is, Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you need to make a decision, it's a starting point, not a finishing line. But if you need to make a decision to follow the Lord and today you want to surrender, I just want you to, no one's looking around, I just want you to raise your hand and look at me this morning. Let's just take a few minutes here. See that, it's awesome, it's awesome. Let's take a few minutes here. your hand. I just want to say it's the best decision you've ever made. Everybody repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me my sins and help me to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me up. said that prayer and you don't have a Bible and I want to not connect with you, I want to reach out. Listen, we want to pray with you. We want to do life with you. Everybody else, look at me. Let's have an honest conversation. If there is a mental battle that's going on in your head and you need, you need to pull some weeds out, I want you to raise your hand this morning. Let's just, can you take out some trash this morning? Some stuff that we need to let go of and there's some things that we need to listen. All, all of us, battle this. We're going to do some worship. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite you. Um, I know it's COVID. Sometimes it's a little bit harder, but if you feel um, comfortable, you can stay in your seat. That's awesome. But if you want to find a spot at the altar, here's what I need you to say. Just like we opened up. Say, God, search me. Test my heart and my thoughts. Bring to life anything that's stealing my faith. Search me, God. Lord, I pray right now for every single person in this room. Help us to think of the things of you, to dream of dreams that you have given us. Lord, not to be the mentality that says the worst is happening, but to be a, a nation that says, Lord, the best is yet to come. Lord, that the greatest things are yet to, the most creative ministries, the best conversations, the greatest miracles. Lord, the, the, Lord, the, thing, the best things we've ever seen in generations is about to take place. Lord, give us hope and strength and courage to rise up, 
not to be defeated, but to live victorious, not to live like we've already lost, but to know because of you we've already won. Well, I pray for courage to rise up that says, Lord, that, Lord, you didn't ring the bell yet, Lord. There is still so much to do. I pray in this room and online, you're calling people in the missions field. You're calling people and missionaries to be missionaries to their workplaces. Lord, you're raising up people to not be defeated, but to live victorious, to live in the promises, Lord, in the things of you. And I pray, help us search us this morning, Lord, to lay down the things that are not of you. In Jesus' name, let's worship this morning. Find a spot to pray this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.